are here with iconic legend Neil Hamill. Aww. You are a Houston, New York, um, I want to say <laughs> sweetheart because everyone just adores you. Not in a everyone, way. but. <laughs> The people who matter. Well, some of them don't either, but that's okay. But um, I feel so connected to you. We've never really sat down we're, and talked. No, I know. We've never How gone that, to how lunch. is that possible? I, but busy. You, everyone's busy. Everybody's super and then busy. We lost two years to COVID, so there's that. We did. And we both are like in the Omicron. Uh, Deborah Duncan calls it the uh, fraternity sorority Omicron. <laughs> we could have parties with I love everybody. Her. I know. Talk about someone everyone loves. Yes, Deborah she is. And um, we're friends, she's and I so forget great. when I go places that she's a celebrity, and people are like, can I have your picture? Right, right. <laughs> it's very cute. Love you, Deborah. Yes. But, um, okay, so you have lived this incredible journey of authenticity mm -hmm. and following your passion and figuring out how to make a living, a really amazing living, doing what you love to do, and you're a Houstonian. Baytonian you, originally, but yes. Oh, Baytonian. I even read French Horn. Yes. <laughs> Can you believe that? Boy, you did that? your homework. I've been no one's ever asked me that. Yes. Okay. Then you become a model, mm -hmm. and you start modeling, and then you realize you maybe rather be the on agent? the other side of the desk. Yes, I did. I hated modeling. It's super boring. It is. You wait. You go so many castings. Uh huh. And it's you never know. The job when you're on a casting and people are like, "Oh, you're great. You're, you're, we're gonna, you're gonna hear from us." Those are the jobs you are not gonna get. The ones that ignore you and just oh. go, "Thanks for coming." Those are the jobs you're gonna get. It's so weird. But you go on all these appointments and all these castings and you wait your turn and all this kind of thing. Tedious and boring. And when I was modeling, we did not have iPhones, obviously. No, so you waited till the magazine a, came out. Well, you brought a book. Right. On set. So you'd be on set. Uh-huh. The day is nine to five. And you're there most of that day doing nothing except waiting for your turn in front of the camera. And I just could not take it. So one day I was on a job and there were 10, 10 models on the set. Uh -huh. We were each making $1,000. We each are paying our agency 200, so we're t getting eight. And the client who's hired us is paying the agency 200. And I sat there and I did the math and I'm like, I am definitely on the wrong side of this. So I was like, you know what? It's smarter to own 1% of Exxon than 99% of a gas station. And that's when I went, I'm switching sides. I'm definitely going to the other side. And, and you, I never look back, ever. It's you been, did it with your sister. Yeah, we started Neil Hamill Agency together because she has a business background okay. and business degree. And, you know, the person that's going to manage the money, I mean, who better than your, your flesh and blood? And they I say that about, about doctors, it. right? Like, they're great at being doctors, but they need that business side. Yeah, well, she definitely handled all of that and did it incredibly well. And we never, ever disagreed on anything, which is great. I let her do her side. She let me do mine. Y'all stayed in your lane. We really, we did. And our offices were on two different floors. So it's not like I saw her all day, every day. Yes. But I would have been delighted to. But it really, we were always very close, and that brought us very close. Because sometimes that could tear you apart. I worked it with could, the family. Our family, uh, we, had a, we had a rule. 
and that was um, outside of the office, we did not discuss business. We kept it the family, family, and the, the company, the company. And we never had a problem anyway. And I love that you, I, I, <laughs> Thank God. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I spent 22 years working in a family business. And so I've talked to a lot of people in yeah. family businesses. Yeah. And, um, then, and <laughs> I listened to an interview and someone asked you what the most incredible thing that you learned from your parents. And at that time you said, do you remember? There, I learned a lot from them. You said your faith, have faith. Yeah, faith, yes. And, in, you know, integrity and the, those kinds of things, yes. We were very lucky. You know, we were from a very nice family, and our parents um, had impeccable values, and they instilled them in us. And I'll tell you, one of the things I think that Eileen Ford recognized in me was that. And Eileen and Jerry Ford knew my parents over time. They got to know not to know uh, them. And, okay. and they had great respect for my parents, and my parents had great respect for them. And once my mother said to Eileen, she said, you know, I never worried about Neil moving to New York because I knew he was with you and that you would watch over him and take care of him just as I would have, and Eileen said, that's the nicest thing you could have ever said to me, and I've done my best. And she really did, because Eileen and Jerry were kind of like the same generation, and yes. children of the Depression. And there's, um, I've done some research, and there's a Japanese term, which I can't even remember what it is. I think it's called Moana, but it's when you're, um, when you're born, you're given this group of people that stay with you through life and help you through. Mm -hmm. I believe and, that. And so many, um, people who I find that are living a purposeful life, following their passion, yeah. taking that risk, have these people that mentored them yes. that they could trust. Right. And I mean, how amazing that yours is Eileen Ford. So you own this modeling agency in Houston. She's coming here. She came every year for 10 years. To help you And every year she would come. Talent. We would do a model search okay. uh, with the Ford agency. Um, all over Texas, uh -huh. and she sometimes came with Jerry and sometimes by herself, and without fail, every single time on her last day here, she'd say, I do not understand why you're here. You're wasting your time and your talent. You need to be with us. Wow. And I said, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I own my own business. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling like, like I'm kind of doing my I deal. I get it, but she's like, and then the opportunity arose to sell it, and um, my sister's kids were reaching an age where they, uh -huh. she wanted to be really engaged with them. Mm -hmm. And um, they used to crawl around the office when they were babies and they were I entering like junior high, high school. And she wanted to be more engaged and that was the right decision. And we had started kind of talking about it and then just out of the blue, the phone rang and it was a friend who said, a friend of mine wants to buy your business. And I said, well, get the lawyers and the mm -hmm. accountants all talking. And, you know, I don't want to get involved in this too deeply. Because if there's a deal to be made, it'll be made. And if there's not, there's not. But I'm busy as can be and don't really want to waste my time. And sure. we, ended, we ended up making the deal. And um, I had already planned to be in New York. So I went on my trip and had lunch with Eileen and Jerry. And I said, well, I have some news. I've sold my agency. And Eileen said, oh my God, that's it. You're joining Ford. When can you start? And this was like the week 
two weeks before Christmas, I think. And she's like, how about January 3rd? I said, what am I going to do? What am I, what are you going to pay me? She goes, all that will get worked out. Are we, are, are we, are we doing this? Finally, I said, I guess so. And that was it. Wow. And she really did champion me. I mean, soon after I got there, within the first maybe six months, maybe a little less, they hosted a lunch at their um, East 68th Street Brownstone. And Eileen and Jerry assembled the editor-in-chief of Vogue, the owner of Maybelline, uh, the head of one of the biggest advertising agencies that's now been since sold and is called something mm-hmm. else. And um, like eight of the most important people in the entire business. And wow. Eileen said, you're here today because that's my guy and I want you to start working with him. And that's all I'm really here to tell you. And I was like, she never told me any of this. So I'm like, oh my God, you're dropping this right in my lap. Uh, And so um, it was an interesting dynamic because a lot of the other agents in the women's business at Ford had been there a long time. And here I come from, and they were all New Yorkers, all of them. Here I come from Texas and I'm it's I, not I, always a warm reception. No. I Eileen, told you, I've I'm spent Eileen's a lot of boy. time there. <laughs> Eileen's, I'm Eileen's boy. Yeah. And that got around real quick, which she made sure it did, which was yeah. do, having my back, and she always did. But occasionally someone would say something really rude, mm-hmm. like, you know you're not on a farm. I'm like, I'm not? Exactly. Oh, shit. Well, since I didn't grow up on one, it would be hard for me to recognize one. And I would just say really rude shit. But so one day it all changed, and that was um, one of the other agents is is suddenly talking to me. I'm like, I don't even know why you're speaking to me. I'm, can you see I'm super busy? And she's like, can I tell you something? Can I just tell you something? Don't ask me. This was God. <clears throat> I stood up, and I leaned all the way over, and I said, can you tell me something? Can you tell me something? Is that what you just said? You can't tell me an thing. So sit down, shut up, mind your business. I'm not interested in anything you have to say. I never have been and I never will be. Are we clear? Good for you. And that's, I mean, everyone was like, that one bites. So Eileen came back to the office and she asked me and that uh, agent to come in. And she goes, so what happened while I was gone? And I just looked at uh, that woman and I went, go for ladies first. And she says, no, 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 you go first. And I said, no, I insist. (laughs) And Eileen said, go to this woman. And she's telling her, and and I said, I said that. I also said that. I said that too. And I meant it. I've had enough of her. She's a lousy agent. So Eileen was like, okay, I think I, I get the picture. I went back to my desk, she went back to her desk, and within 10 minutes, here they came. They said, you need to pack your things. And when Eileen fired her, that was my mom. Everyone in that company was Was like, like, don't mess with him. Big mama will get you back for him, right? So that was it, and she, we traveled all over the world together. She taught me how to find models, how to scout models, how to um, recruit them, and then, we also had country houses literally eight minutes apart in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So if we were in town, we both traveled a lot, but if we were both in 
in New Jersey on the weekend, that was it. We had spent tons of time, her house, my house, whatever, and we became even closer. And we never talked about the agency, not once. Interesting. Not once. And I do think that... We were real friends. Yes, when you truly care deeply for the people that you're with and mm -hmm. they are part of your work yep. family, they become part of your whole world, that it changes the dynamics of how committed you are to the overall purpose That's right. of what you're doing together. And how innovative of her to see you as different. She trusted me. That was the main thing. She trusted me. That's why she invested so much in me. She knew that I came from the right kind of cloth. You know what I'm saying? And so yes. she, um, she recognized that. So I turned, I in turn rather, mentored a lot of other people. Oh, because I, I really I firmly believe you have to pay everything forward. Yes. That's how the universe it works. Does. And so I had lots of assistants. I trained them, I taught them everything. I was never afraid to, to tell anyone in that company what I knew. Because it's just, you know, a That's rising so tide raises all boats. And yes. um, some assistants took the information, stayed put, learned, developed. I would give them models who became really big agents later. And some didn't make the cut. But there's a funny story. There's a girl named Barbara Feinstein. She was a, she worked for Lee Daniels, a producer, and she wanted to go to the talent management side. So I had her managing my clients for TV and films and stuff. You know, I certainly supervised the activity, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, she was, she was from mm -hmm. that world. And, yes. so, and I made her cry every single day, every day. I made her cry every day. So one day I took her to lunch and I said, I'm going to explain why I'm so hard on you mm -hmm. because you're amazing. Oh. And you could be, you could run Hollywood one day, but I'm not going to let you get away with anything. You're going to do it right. You're going to do it perfectly right. And you're going to do it my way, which is the right way. Yes. And your tears do not bother me, by the way. I, I just, you can cry all you want. It doesn't, I don't care. I'm investing in you and you need to understand why. She never cried again. She would shoot the finger at me when I turned <laughs> yeah, my you... back. I, that I'm certain. So her mom and dad, she's from Canada. Her mom and dad were visiting from Canada and her parents asked to see me for lunch mm -hmm. without her. And her, wow. I said, absolutely. Her father said, there are not words to express our gratitude to you. You have taken a spoiled rich kid mm -hmm. and turned her into a woman, a businesswoman, an adult who is maturing. And you, what you're giving her, you're giving her her entire future. And we just want to thank you. But I did make her cry every day. And I used to just laugh. She's bawling her eyes out because I've just ripped into her. And when I'm done and she's crying, I'm just laughing. I'm like, you're, you're ridiculous. Those tears mean nothing to me. But once she understood, once I took her to lunch. And, and she I understand what was behind it. Why you were doing then that. Then she got it. You know, Eileen screamed at everybody but me. Oh, she never screamed. She screamed at me one time and boy, I didn't take it. And I went right back, followed her back to her office. And I closed her door and I said, if you ever dare speak to me like that again, 
My own mother has never talked to me like that, and you're not going to either. Because if you do, I will walk right out that door, and when I go out, I'm not coming back in. And she burst into tears and said, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again, and she never did. But sometimes you just have to have that And that's what that I'm hearing from with you. People. You are very <laughs> clear with your boundaries, and you are very mm. clear with your purpose. That's and you, true. And, boundaries and when people figure out what their purpose is, what yeah. their drive is, mm. then they can make clearer decisions yeah. to get to where they need to go. I think people go. have to understand where you're coming from and really what your what your true purpose is in your interaction with them. You know, um, I've had to tell many, many, many super famous people, we're not doing that. Right. You're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. You know, one of the things I learned about agenting was, and I trained all my assistants and many other agents in the company at Ford and Elite, was always under-promise and over-deliver. Yes. And this is something that I think is just so key when you're in a pos position like that. Um, I used to say, like, some offer would come in for Jerry Hall or whoever, and it would be like $500,000 to do X, Y, and Z. And um, I wouldn't tell them. I wouldn't say. I'd say, I'm working on a deal, mm -hmm. and it's going to happen about this week in July in Santorini or wherever. Mm -hmm. Give them some things to think about, but I would never say, and, you know, it's going to be this. I might say, the, the offer's strong, but i got to work on this. And so if they said, well, where is it now? And I'd say, you know, like half a million or whatever. I knew I could get more, always. And then I would send them the contract and it would say $1 million and, all, and they would call me and go, what? You got it doubled? I'm like, yeah, because I'm good. Now sign it. And 100% of the time, you know, it's really, really, really funny. Um, I watch so many people do the opposite and it will injure it, it will end you because even in real estate you know yes because i'm seeing this transition yes this you were supermodels and now you're super, super houses, houses. Yes. i love that but you know it's still managing expectations it and is. this is what when people manage my expectations mm -hmm. i'm a lot happier don't tell me you're going to do all these crazy things and then don't do them much better to um really establish you know sort of like we're going to breathe, and we're going to do this calmly. Also, I don't get excited and anxious and crazy. In a storm, I'm the calmest person. When the building is on fire, I'm the person that you want there. Okay. Because I will stay perfectly calm. And my brain just goes into this place where it just gets very organized. And we're going to do this, 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 mm -hmm. this. I don't react well to people that are being hysterical, which is why I was really good at my job in the model business. I dealt with a lot of super hysterical people. Because they're artists, in essence, that uh, feel like Because they're divas. boys. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's all about, yeah. They're, it's not so much that they're artists. I mean, the art side, some girls would be like, well, I don't really want to work with that photographer ever again or whatever. And that certainly is the artistic part of it as yes. well. But it was more... Feeling just they, especially when you have six supermodels and they're all on the same job. Yeah, who? I mean, and they start struggle. talking about how much this, you know, and all this kind of thing. 
I learned also early on that when you have five major supermodels on the same job, you just make sure they all get the same. You can't get this one for more hundred thousand and get that. No, you have to get all the same. And you know what's really funny is um, I never had to worry about Naomi Campbell because if she weren't getting the same, she would like. This is back in her really when she was feisty. Her tantrum. Yes. Yeah. She'd call a press conference. You know. Oh my and accuse goodness. People of doing all kinds of things. But also, I'm very, very proud. One of the things I'm extremely proud of in my years in the business there was I was very early on on the front lines of addressing racism. Mm -hmm. I really was. And Andre Leon Talley. Oh, God rest, God rest his, his soul. soul. And Beth Ann Hardison. There was a group of people uh -huh. that came together. But, but I had all the big black superstars. Oh, okay. So it was very natural for me, right? Uh -huh. I'd already had to break through some barriers just to get them there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, because when I got to New York, I mean, we would get these casting sheets and it would say white girls only. And no. I'd be like, that is so offensive. It is. So Do you I want would, a water? No, I'm good. Thank okay, you. Okay, good. I would still send, I would still send my clients, you know, I would still send them because I'm like, well, we're not playing that game here. So, so who just... was the first on the runway? Was it Naomi? Oh, no. There were models way before her. Okay, good. Um, and mostly in Europe because they didn't seem to see color like we did in no, the U.S. No, the French designers. There's a girl from Houston, Texas that was with, I started when she was with Neil Hamill. Uh -huh. And I was there. Her name is Jody Beard. Okay. And she was one of the first models I sent to Europe. And... Uh, the day she got to Paris, uh, Yves Saint Laurent and Hubert uh, um, de Givenchy both put her under contract. And oh, she wow. was their house model and did every show, opened and closed. I mean, she was everything. And so um, those designers, the French designers, especially those two, were very open. Very, mm -hmm. very open. And I went to visit... Uh, I was in Paris and I went to visit her at uh, Givenchy and at Yves Saint Laurent and both men were there pinning, fitting things on her. So I met okay. them both. That's the first time I met them and um, they both made a point to tell me what a wonderful model she was and what a nice person. She was so sweet. She had a huge career. Then she got married to a guy in the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. They moved back to Houston. Now she's a mom and uh, an artist. And but you know, I'd love to interview it her. Was, as a yeah, podcast you should. You should. She's that's a great. fascinating. You will see the light in her. Yes. It is it will blind you. But and I read so, that quote you said also that you don't just look at the outside beauty. You look for the light inside side. of the model. Yes, and Eileen used to say, "Meet the mother, know the girl." So if oh. there was a girl that was like, Eileen would be like, well, I could have told you that one was going to be a problem. I met her mother, who's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. But So <laughs> we know. were on the forefront of um, Veronica Webb, the okay. first uh, black model to have a cosmetics uh -huh. contract with Revlon. That was me. Ah, oh, incredible. And she, um, from Detroit, Michigan, everyone in the business will tell you, to this day, she's the smartest 
of them all. She is a brilliant, like brilliant mind. So Andre, Bethann, Veronica, myself, we really went on a campaign. And Veronica and I went on the Today Show and Hoda Kotb interviewed us about racism in the fashion business. And, um, you know, you always have a little pre kind of conversation with a producer about what you're going to talk about. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so at the very end, Hoda asked me something and I said, I changed my answer. And I said, bottom line, vote with your dollars. <sighs> if you are, if, if Prada does not, yeah. If you're not reflected in what they're doing, then don't don't buy their products. Oh, shit. I got in so much trouble for saying that. And I said, I stand by what I said. I'm not backing down. I meant it. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. It's just wrong. And so I did get in a lot. I got some blowback. But at the time, certainly you from Prada. And I'm like, I don't care. Oh, I just don't care. And so you said you called them out. I called them out. And, um, then we did some other things, and there was a, a whole group of, when I was running Elite, a whole group of industry leaders came together, and um, we had a conference mm -hmm. about this, which came after the Today Show. That's what started it. And I See, said... See, being prickly pays off. Yes. I said, <laughs> you know what? I think it's great that you're all here, and bravo for coming. But I want you to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. I want a ten. I want ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars from every single agency here. I want ten thousand dollars, and I said we're going to create a fund, and we are going to take action. We have. We are going to put money in the till, and we're going to really take this on. Do you know the one company that did it? Really. And I said, "Here's the first ten thousand. Let's go." It doesn't so surprise I'm like, me. Y'all are a bunch of punks. But a lot <laughs> they of were people, afraid. I'm not afraid of yeah, anything. Yeah. They have fear to stand up for what they believe in, and they also have fear in changing the way things are done. Yeah. I mean, you're a leader takes people from where they are to where they've never been before. And I read that you said that. I saw where you said that. And you I, quoted someone as saying. Yes, and it's uh, true. It is. Yeah. It's it's and it's scary for people. Mm -hmm. I think that's what COVID was the hardest, is yeah. we've never been here before. So we right. didn't know if we ever lived through a pandemic again, if we ever get out of this pandemic. Oh my God. The, <sighs> we, the fear was worse. It always is. I mean, not worse, and I don't mean to diminish any deaths or what happened, but, right. but I understand. It, that what we all feared that all business in the world would shut down and we would all, weren't you concerned about real estate now? What is real estate? Like it's, Right, you, it's, it's crazy. It, it doesn't even make sense. But um, so you, you were doing the work. You were reaching out to these people. You meet Nelson Mandela. Oh my God! With Naomi Campbell. A moment I uh, will. Yes, it's one of my about... fondest, best memories of my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, Naomi produced um, a big fashion ev event with mm -hmm. Versace in South in Cape Town. Mm -hmm to raise money for the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Mm -hmm. So because I was her agent, she and she and he were literally so close, it's unbelievable. I got to spend a lot of time in the presidential palace with mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela, just the three of us. Mm -hmm. So there was one big party one night at the presidential palace. Mm -hmm. 
And I had a bunch of my other clients were there too. All these, every supermodel on the planet was booked for this, and Versace paid, you know, for everybody to mm -hmm. go. Was so this the, Gianni or uh -huh. this is Donatella? This is Gianni. Oh, wow. He, Mandela, came up to me after and he said, I have watched you all evening and I have, I have decided you have the best job in the entire world. Oh my God, that makes me cry. I mean, what in it? And wow. Na Naomi was standing right next to me. I'm like, oh, you think she's like this all the time? Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, so he said, can I, can I show you something? And I was uh -huh. like, of course. He said, so come with me. So we go in another room uh -huh. and out comes this box, jewelry box. And he goes, I'm going to ask my girlfriend to marry me tomorrow. What do you think of the ring? Do you think she'll like it? And I'm like, I don't even think you have to give her a ring. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm <laughs> pretty sure Nelson the answer is going to be yes. <laughs> and I had met her. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, oh, gosh, this is, this is so great, you know. But I have to tell you that the first time I ever shook his hand and looked in his eyes, I almost burst into tears. The man had, I mean, the energy mm -hmm. and the purity, no bitterness, uh, uh, no anger. I'm emotional this I know, morning. me Sorry. too. I still can't hardly talk about it. I know. No anger, uh. no bitterness, total forgiveness, total embracing. And... I had seen, you know, from Cape Town, from the main mm -hmm. ocean road, you can see the prison where he was. I mean, it's right there. And he spent all uh, those years on that rock looking back at freedom. And it's just... Not a, an ounce of anger or bitterness in him. And I couldn't take it. I mean, I literally just had to cry. Yeah. It's... Um, so I think about him. And it gives such perspective. And that's what I find so hard for younger people. And my daughter and I have this conversation. I'm like, you're going to have to trust my years of experience. Yes. And even when things look bleak, if we choose gratitude, yeah. if we change, and it doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen to us. Right. Because things happen. We have to keep focused on our purpose, what we want in life, and what is most meaning. And sometimes just our freedom, just the basis of freedom to express ourselves, totally. what he was, so it's- Well, um, he it's, he's a, had a huge impact on me and um, always will. Did you ever watch the um, movie Unforgiven with the, um, the guy that- um, I have seen it. And, yes. um, and I think of him with that pole on his back and the Japanese prison ward is saying, um, warden is saying, if you drop the pole, you'll die. And he, he could hold it up like so long. And he, and he did, he never dropped it and he was starving and he overcame it. And then he was released and he forgave the man. He wanted to go to Japan to forgive him. But yes. I think there's so much power from this forgiveness. I There is. I think during COVID, we all had a reset. We all had time to look at, because we weren't think. stopping, right? We were right. just going. I don't know about your calendar. I heard you say that you like to stay home, but when Love. you're a busy person, <laughs> you have no time to stay home. A day home. home is a gift from God. I mean, I, I couldn't be happier. Just so, to, did you have some resets during COVID? Did you have some time to look at things, or, or your real estate I, business was so busy I did, you that know, you we, weren't? Honestly, I was so busy. Down. I, 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 we, I was 
working the entire time. So, I really did not ever. Well, until when I had it, and then I had to stop. But right, you know, it's amazing how things were just. And I must say, Sotheby's had the right approach to everything. It was super uh -huh. cautious, and mm -hmm. and the the guidance, you know, throughout mm -hmm. all of Sotheby's was very very good. And obviously, you know, they have a reason to want to keep the business mm -hmm. going, right? right? Where so many businesses just stopped. Yes. But I would go often to the office and, so, you know, we have two floors in the Amogee Tower. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would be the only car in the garage and the mm -hmm. only person in the building. I believe that. Because that's just what had to happen, right? Like, I just do what I have to do. Yes. And that's that focus in <laughs> you. And have you always... Um... Have you always felt that certain? Were there times that you didn't know what step to take? Because I feel like... No. I have always known what to... It's so funny. When I, uh, within the first year of us having Neil Hamill Agency, mm -hmm. the Houston Chronicle came and did a, a story. And I was 21. And the writer, I'll never forget this, looked at me and she said, I mean, how old are you? And I said, 21, and she's like, 21? I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. And she's like, but you're so young to, I said, honestly, I never thought about failing. I was too stupid to even think of, that you could fail in business. I thought you just rented an office and got some telephones and sat down and did your thing and it worked. I never thought that it might not work. It never occurred to me it would not work. And I just never, I just never even, entertain that that thought and she's like that is I said no it's not because I'm enlightened or smart it's I'm really stupid <laughs> that I risked sixty thousand dollars of my dad's money and I just thought hey, we're gonna do this right and I've always known intuitively what 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 was next and um, I mean I've made mistakes you can't be 62 and move around in that world and not make a few um, but I mean, by and large, I think I can, I can look back and, and feel good about how I've treated people, how, what I've done. I don't really have any real regrets. Um, you can't focus on that anyway. Doesn't it bring you any happiness or, you know. Okay, I have to correct you there. I heard in this one interview that you said you had one regret. That I didn't live in Paris. Yes! <laughs> you did your homework. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I had the and opportunity I and I didn't do it. So when Bella was three, we rented an apartment in Paris and we lived there for 12 weeks. And oh it was God. such, and she's 14 now, but um, there is such a shift in moving to a different place. So I've never lived, moved everything like you did in New York. So that might be my one regret if you ask me There's and Rob. There's still time. I know. We're like, Bella, are you going to go to college in New York? No, not yeah, that. Pick a college. Where, where I we wanna, could get an apartment. I want to live. <laughs> exactly. No, Help great. your mama out. Yeah. <laughs> Give right. me an excuse. For sure. But, um, but I think it's such a, um, like to start over, to start, um, I left, um, I, I, li I listened to an, um, a speech about uh Lalik at the Museum of Fine Arts, mm -hmm. and I also listened to Janet Gerwich a few weeks prior, and they both inspired me that I could leave my family business and start the Vintage Contessa, and I didn't do that till I was 40. And so... And look, you've made a I, huge success. Um, 
But it's interesting because um, someone, like one of my husband's friends, who's a prominent person in the city, said to me recently, wow, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. And I thought, I've been doing it for 10 years and you finally <laughs> noticed. So there is something to the fact right. that you show up every day yes. and you do it. Even oh, yeah. if the tree falls in the woods and no one hears Here's it, it, eventually now with social media, yeah, they can so go back and hear it later. True. You have to show up. You have to show up. You have to, you have to, um, like I never look at an, anything as not worth doing. I mean, uh -huh. I'll, I'll tell you, some good friends of mine, uh, they're actually neighbors, mm -hmm. uh, own a rental property, mm -hmm. and um, I didn't even know that. The other day they called me and they said, we know this is probably not what you do, but um, would you be interested in handling our property? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, of course. So I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, this house is actually really, really cute and really nice. So, you know, it's like $3,000, $3,150. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, yeah, uh, absolutely, I'll do that. I'm not going to, like, make any money. But they're my friends, I, I, you know, and I, I, I would not, I feel truly grateful and flattered they'd even think of me, you know, absolutely. even though they live exactly across the street from me and I see them all the time. I. But sometimes people, those people don't think to call you and it's you're like, so how true. do they not know I that I do right, that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I've learned that that's another thing in real estate. Oftentimes people that you and anyone getting their license, entering uh -huh. the business, I always say, first of all, don't get your license and enter the business. It's not what you think it is. Secondly, I'm like, you just know this. The people that you're like, oh, they'll hire they'll me. They'll, they don't. They are the last people. And people you never imagined will call you up and say, hey, we want to list our $6 million house in, in Tanglewood. We want to list it with you. You just, it's the weirdest thing, but um, building a real estate business takes five years minimum. And, you know, I'm not pushy. I'm obnoxious. I don't hound people. I don't, the business I'm meant to have comes my way and I put 100% into it. And I, I just, towards the end of last year, out of the blue, I had the opportunity to represent a, I mean, major oil company executive. Mm -hmm. And I was a little nervous because I don't know him, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, oh my God. And so we got all through all the process and he, he was very professional. I was very professional got through the whole process, we're leaving the closing, and he says, we'd like to invite you for a drink. I said, well, let's go. We sit down, and he goes, I wanted to tell you something. I thought, oh, my God. Oh, here it comes. What he is goes, this? we've owned houses all over the world. We've worked with the best of the best real estate agents in the world and some of the worst. You exceeded the best by a lot. And we really appreciate you. And I was like, Whew. and could he tell you what that what what it was? Was it your overall? He said, experience? I mean, from start to finish, everything. Oh, wow. I mean, every single thing was just beyond our expectation. And I thought about it after I got over being overwhelmed. I was like, oh my sure, god, yes. he said this. Then I started thinking about it, and I said, honestly, I don't. I didn't do anything any different to him than I will my neighbors who exactly. I'm going to lease their $3,000. I mean, it will be exactly the same. the same. Yes. Experience. But you have to show, you know, 
it's not even sometimes like, yeah, no, it's not a huge commission, but I like them. They're cool yeah. people. Yeah. It's going to be easy, hopefully. Um, and we put it on the market yesterday, and I'm showing it at 5 o'clock today. But you have to show up, as I've said now too many times, you have to show up, but you have to do, you have to lean in and do exactly the same level for everybody. And I think that's really the thing. I never treated any of my models any differently from the others. Some of them I did not like at all. And to this day, they don't know that. I would never say it. Absolutely. There's no point in saying it. We had a business relationship. We also had a personal relationship. Some of those girls are my family to this day. Oh, sure. And um, you know everything about them. Yes. The only I had one rule. Yes. If you are having an abortion, mm -hmm. do not tell me. Just say you're sick and mark out the days, and we're going to leave it at that. That's too personal. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure how I feel about it. Right. I don't, I these don't are certain get my things that I that. don't want to yeah. know. Yeah. And that was, really, that was really the only thing. And some of them dated horrible men. And um, when I first came in the business, Eileen said, never comment about their boyfriends. Oh, yeah. You have no opinion. They're great. They're just great. They're fine. They're wonderful. Whatever. Because the minute you say something that you may see that's a big red flag, zip it. Because yeah, that's the like guy they're, they're going to end up marrying, it's, and it's going to make your life a living hell. Because you're the dad. You're they the want dad. your approval. You're the dad, yes. So, I mean, uh, the girls that listened to me in, in life mm -hmm. all did very, very, very well. They all married very, very well. Whether it's to a school teacher on Long Island right. or a guy worth $6 billion, they, 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 I think they just felt like my arms were always around them, you know. And top models, aside from the shows, the jobs are not in New York. It's always traveling. They traveled a ton. I traveled a ton. We traveled together. Um, I got to see the entire world all first class on someone else's dime. Ugh. That I'm not mad about. Now I don't, if I don't have to go to the airport for the rest of my life, I'll be very, very happy. Um, but, you know, you just, you just become so, your lives become so intertwined. Mm -hmm. Like they spend a weekend at my country house and mm -hmm. like, I mean, and some of them I don't miss. Mm-hmm. And others, you know, obviously I miss terribly, but we stay in close contact. and So it's all about, no matter what I think business you're in, mm -hmm. even in your business, it's all about people, relationships, how you treat people. Um, I've always treated people like I wish to be treated. I can't imagine being rude to a waiter. Can't imagine it. Yes. Ask all the valet parkers in Houston ask any of them they're like he's our favorite guy and and look them in the them. eye uh, and and the yes. bathroom attendants yes I try well to i always... smoke so i go out to smoke so i know all the valet parkers because i stand exactly. there and talk to them and they I think i'm it. funny and i want to know what they're you know what's going on with them how their day is and um that's who i am i mean i like everybody and i i there are to me there are no High class, low class, no class. It's everyone, and truly, I mean this sincerely, mm -hmm. everyone is the same in my book. I don't care who you are, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, where you went to school. I don't care about any of that. I care about 
the interpersonal what connection. What you and I, I, exactly, nothing else matters to me. And there's, um, I mentioned this in what I sent you about the podcast, the blue zones, I found out that seven of the nine characteristics in blue zones are about connection. And that's blue zones it. are where people live to be a hundred or, or older. And I, what I was most intrigued <laughs> about was all of the incredible people you've met and how you can carry yourself in those groups because I, I tend to get intimidated. So I think it's oh, interesting. I Sometimes you get, even you get, like when you said this Exxon person, <sighs> yeah. it seems like your magic is that you try to just see them all as just people and not what their mystique is because I think mm -hmm. we can psych ourselves out right. to feel like they're better than us or they're more than us sure. or we're less than them. I certainly felt that oftentimes when visiting New York. Well, New Yorkers can, you know. But, um, but <laughs> how you get through that to the deep conversations or to the meaningful thing and to get to a place you can be on the same page. I'm really not um, intimidated by people. Um, and that's also why I try not to be intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Scorpio. So, yes. I, you know, the, the, these waters run really deep. But do you have I that stinger? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I have lots do. of Scorpios in my life. My New York oh, friend, her exhausting. husband, and both of my parents. And my ex-husband. <laughs> Well, he deserved it, probably. He did. I don't know, but I just say. <laughs> oh but goodness, honestly, that's Scorpios, a whole other story. It's a whole other thing, and. Um, but I love them. They're I trustworthy. Try, they're I, loyal. The, they're the, the most as the loyal, day is long. The, without a doubt, but we're also super easy to wound. We'll never yeah. tell you. You can hurt our feelings, mm -hmm. in a way you never imagined. Of something so stupid. Just one sentence can just, <clears throat> we are loath to tell you. Mm -hmm. And then one day, <laughs> something goes awry and out it comes. And it comes out really not nice. Mm -hmm. So as I've aged, I've calmed and matured and mm -hmm. chilled. And I just, I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be. And I just really don't have much of a temper, not like I used to, but I try to keep my Scorpio in check. And I just allow the good part, mm -hmm. the devotion to friends, mm -hmm. loyalty, you know, my best friend, I, I, I truly do not see anything she does wrong. I mean, I Aww. just look at her and think, I mean, you're my person, I right? That. So, um, and she's very feisty, very, very feisty, but we have a way of, we've, of 17 years, we figured out how to navigate yes. each other, you know? So I, I know what not to do that gets on her yes, nerves. Yes. She knows what not the to balance. do that gets on my nerves. And so it's kind of like the perfect relay. We're kind of like married, except that, you know, we're not, but um, it's great. It's a very gratifying relationship. And um, that's really what it comes down to. And I tell you, all a lot of the people that I really love the most are gone. Aww. So, in a very short period of time, Jerry Ford died, my father died, my mother died, my best friend died, Eileen died, and my dog died. And Aww. that those 18, 24 months were oh so 
catastrophic and devastating and I never dealt with it. I just buried, you know, I just was like, I don't have time for this. I can't right. feel this. And so there comes a day and all of a sudden, and I tell everyone that loses a parent, talk to me. I'm going to call you and make sure you're okay, but I'm going to call you again in six months because it's the six month point where someone you're that close, when they're no longer there is when it hits you like a freight train and you can't even breathe. I mean, it's so painful. So that's part of life. And that's mm -hmm. also part of what puts you into a space where you go, this doesn't matter. Yes, it gives this you is, You're being so ridiculous. I mean, you can have your hissy, just do what, do you. Yes. I'm gonna be over here. I'm gonna be worried about things that matter. And mm -hmm. this is not one of them. So I think that matters in real estate uh, dealing, you know, on the certain level in the business. I don't get upset. I'm like, okay, well then let's not buy the house. Right. I love that. It's okay. We don't have to buy this house. There'll be more. High pressure and all that kind of thing, not my deal. I'm not big, self, I don't really, I'm not comfortable promoting myself. I'm comfortable ta doing this and talking yes. to you. But they're not really. I'm used to promoting other people. Well, I have loved promoting you. <laughs> You're and not. I would be so excited if we could even get together and bring another friend let's and get, do let's it. Let's get Jody. Jody let's Beard. She's super it. interesting. I would love yeah. that. Let's do it together okay. and just see where it goes. Let's do it. Okay. I've I loved love it. it. Thank so you. So amazing. You are just the You're true. So sweet. Um, picture of authenticity, of knowing what you want and knowing how to get it and believing in the process and the journey and being kind thank and you. caring. So thank you, thank thank you. you for what it's you do sweet. for our community. Thank you. And I'm not sweet. You're I'm honest. <laughs> On that note, everybody have a good week. Thank Bye. You. <laughs> oh, you are such a doll. Okay.